Hello. Okay, hang on. Wait until I'm ready now. I need you ready now. Okay, I'm ready now. All right. Hello. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Marble Forest Podcast. Since apparently the last, well, two episodes ago recording this, we did not introduce it until like five minutes in. That's that's what we do. <laughs> so that's how we do this. So hopefully we, we got this right off the bat. I mean, sort of. at this point, if Even you click we... on our podcast name, you should know what it's called. Yeah. But we're just going to, friendly reminder. Friendly reminder, this is us, and I am Jesse. I'm Amber. And, and this is the podcast. This is the podcast. That you want to listen to. You do. It's it's everything you've been waiting for. It's everything you <laughs> dreamed of. <laughs> Close enough. They've though. walked with us once upon a dream. They have walked with us once upon a dream. <laughs> People, we, You guys dream about us, right? 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 You like us that much? So happy birthday, Jesse. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like I said before we started recording, I did not realize it was my birthday when I agreed to record today. So uh, other than that, I probably wouldn't say that we were going to record on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, I wonder if Jesse remembers that it's her birthday. I mean, I wonder if she's even doing anything, though. I remembered like a couple of days ago. The only thing I really have to do, like, and the thing is, like, I can't do anything fun right now because I procrastinate when it comes to editing. <laughs> so I haven't even. Well, you had, like, two parties. Yeah. That I couldn't go to. Yep. But I heard they were great. Yeah. I really wanted to go to your painting with a twist. That one is, look, your picture was so cool. Yeah, I like, I really like my dinosaur. So we'll post it on our Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll post my painting <laughs> on Instagram. Jesse did this really great painting with a twist dinosaur picture. Sure. It looks great. So proud of you. Sure. 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 Are you not happy with it? I am. But like, I didn't, I wish I, like, I wish it was like, oh, maybe you could bring your own paintbrushes because those sort of suck. Ooh, I would definitely bring my own paintbrushes. Yeah. I'm a snob. Paint snob. Not really. I don't paint that often anymore. I used I to paint I should have put the lot. dinosaurs in here. Actually, no, I still like them in, right I like in the them, foyer. I like where they are. So we'll, we'll do a painting with a twist in okay. the October months. Okay. Get some cool spooky painting with a twist picture and we'll put it up in the podcast room. Okay. And then it'll go with everything. All right. That works. It'll be cool, right? Yes. We'll do it with Devin, who's back. Yeah, Devin is here. Hi, Devin. <laughs> she wasn't here last week. No. Well, two weeks ago. Well, last week. I haven't seen Devin in like two months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been like not recording as regularly. We talked about it last time how we had so many backlogged episodes. Yeah. So it was fine. I brought you a gift. Uh, yeah. So you told me. I'm a very... small gift. Oh, it's a small gift? Like two small gifts. Oh, okay. Do you want. Oh, I'm deciding what you get first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Hang on. Do do I need to like close my eyes? You're like, you're like no, it's fine. You're trying to feel like you're trying to be super. It's secretive not in anything special. It's a it's a plastic bag. Ooh, a plastic Meyer bag. Yeah. So I got us that to try oh, today. That's so cool. I should go get my podcast. I didn't wine bring glass. my cup because I put it in a safe place that you got me. But I got us this prophecy rose wine to try today. So that's why we don't need our beer. Me and Jesse always record with like a beer. Yeah. Or two. Or, or tequila. <laughs> that was... <laughs> You'll that never just... hear that episode, probably. That episode was so good. <laughs> like, besides the facts that, like, there was probably too much alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first part. Yeah. Are you ready for the second part? Sure. Oh, okay. I brought cupcakes. Ooh. Just baked cupcakes. Yeah, I wanted to take a picture of them because they look really good. They do. I got us. Uh, let's see. We got a Boston cream pie. We got a blackberry or no, what is it? Black Forest cheesecake, chocolate sin, tiramisu, red velvet cheesecake, and banana pudding. Ooh. So I brought us wine and cupcakes for recording tonight on your birthday. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to cut out a lot of the rustling of bags. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So this section might be very choppy. <laughs> yeah. But now you know why. 
Yeah. There was just a lot of plastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate I'll it. I'll take a picture of him for Instagram. I guess I should go get wine glasses. Yeah, let's get wine glasses. All right. Let's do it up. <laughs> we don't have... Don't pause. Just make Jesse cut it. All right. Back into it. Yeah. We have our wine. And cupcakes. And cupcakes. So, do you have anything to talk about? Because I have some fun facts. Today. Okay. I'm... I'm ready for your facts. I have to think of, I have a few things to talk about. Okay. So my fun fact today is five interesting facts about crystal balls. Ooh. Yeah. So I just, oh, can I sidebar before you do your facts real quick? Because I wanted to put this in the podcast just for people who listen. Yeah. This is a very short version. We want to do informational type episodes. I have one completely written up and ready to go. We don't know what to name them. Yeah. Come up with a name for our information it's just, station podcast. <laughs> it's just basically going to be an episode where I tell Jesse all there is to know about. Uh, we're doing um, kind of like mythical tool or not mythical, spiritual tools. Anything that's used to communicate with the dead. Anything that, you know. Kind of if, where they came from, what they're used for, stories about them kind of a deal. Yeah. So, tell me your facts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was like a, Jesse, go. Yeah. Well, I just didn't know what else to say about it. I, we just need some suggestions on names, but now go. <laughs> okay. So, uh, crystal balls. Been practicing them for ages from all over the world, from the British Isles to China. Uh, they do have druid roots, so they started trying to divining new information and predicting the future using mirrors, water, crystal balls. That's so cool. Yes. And it goes back to the ancient elite class of the Celtic people who primarily were in the British Isles in France. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. During the Bronze Age. And so, as you know... These were to foretell the future. Yes. Yes. It was worldwide. The Chinese used it for a criminal code for calling up the face of a thief who may have stolen belongings. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because they're like, who was that bitch that stole my shit? This guy. That guy. Double thumbs pointing at themselves. <laughs> this guy. No. <laughs> Uh, it also was in the Muslims in India practiced it as well. And they used a mirror and could allegedly reveal whether someone was a friend or a foe. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yes. I haven't heard of that before. Yes. Other folk remedies historically included sick people looking into the, a shiny pot of water to be healed. Uh, looking into crystal balls and divination was pretty much forbidden because like witchcraft. Right. You know, so... It's considered an occult by major world religions, and the Old Testament expressly forbids divination by saying, for these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to the fortune tellers and to the diviners. But as for you, the Lord, your God, has not allowed you to do this. Hmm. And that is literally a verse in the Bible, the Old Testament of the Bible. The king of Babylon... Uh, used to use he used to shuffle arrows and polish the surfaces to read them. So like, um, you can throw down uh, rooks. Say rook stones, runes, like rune stones. Yeah, yeah people do it with runes. Yeah, so I think like the throat, like the shuffling of arrows was more like a rune stones, like where it fell, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it could reveal insights to the future. The Quran also expressly forbids this as well. And, of course, the Catholic Church. Well, of course. Yeah. Because everyone's I mean, the devil. My family grew up. I, I was always told not to deal with stuff that, you know. But well, look where you are now. Yeah. This actually <laughs> plays really well into what I was going to tell you next. So, Oh, okay. Super. St. <laughs> Augustine even said, entangled in the deceptive rites of demons who masquerade under the names of angels. So pretty much using crystal balls and other types of divination can send you to hell. Pretty much. <laughs> We're all going to hell. But they did become popular fashion accessories to ward off evil spirits in the Middle Ages. 
So pretty much how I use stones now. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, because there's specific stones for certain types of things. Yeah, they're so cool. Yes, and we'll hopefully get to that in our information. Yeah, we I information do that. session. Information highway. That's stupid. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Even the like Queen's Court, um, people in the Queen's Court used uh this type of divination. The a uh, well-connected scientist of the 16th century, John D, who was an astronomer and scientist. And also served as an advisor to the queen, uh, turned to the crystal ball after traditional scientific methods of inquiry failed to produce satisfactory insights. Oh. Yeah. These divination sessions could determine the universal language of creation, so he thought, and believed that this needed to happen so that humanity can unite before the apocalypse. And then he also left manuscripts of his sessions. And they were actually eventually published in a book. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And his crystal ball is is housed in the British Museum. Oh, that's really cool. Yes. Let's go see it. Sure. It's really far. Let's it go. is very far. Maybe one day. <laughs> it's really expensive. So we can't just casually go, okay, let's go to the British Museum and go see a crystal ball. So, do you know the size of a normal crystal ball? I do not. So, crystal balls are typically the size of grapefruits. Okay. Yes. That that seems like... In pop culture and media, they always portray them really big. Yes. But from what I, like, have seen at some stores and stuff, like, they're not that huge. Yeah. So, the but the largest known true crystal ball is housed in the Smithsonian... It weighs 106 pounds. Holy fuck. How big is it? 12.9 inches in diameter. Jeez. It is a the largest flawless quartz crystal in the world. Wow. That's really cool. Yes. And it is believed to have been first cut and polished in the 1800s in China. And possibly mined from Burma itself. Wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. And then I have the, the, the runner-ups. Crystal oh, balls. the runner-ups. Yeah, they're not the they're not the uh, what is it called? The largest. Yeah, but I was thinking not the like, biggest balls. <laughs> they're the smaller balls. They're the. Smaller. I was thinking like they're not like the Miss America of crystal balls. Like, <laughs> yes. So the next one is eleven point three inches in diameter, and it is in a collection in Dallas. Okay. And it was believed to be cut from, uh, in Japan. The third largest is in Philadelphia. And it is 10 inches in diameter and weighs 50 pounds. Wow. So, the most famous crystal ball is the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. And it apparently sold for $129,000 in an auction in 2001. That's a lot, but that makes sense because it's like movie props and... Yeah, but it's actually, it's not an actual crystal, it's hand-blown glass. Oh, okay. Yes. So, crystal balls can also be made of uh, glass, lead, crystals, or reconstituted quartz crystal. Okay. Yes. I was just going to ask you, what can crystal balls be made of? Look at you, answering my questions. Yep. <laughs> so those are my fun facts. Those are fun facts. So I went to the Renaissance Festival the other day. Oh yeah, day. you did. And um I went and saw the psychic that we usually see. And then we went and got our palms read. And that was so neat. Yeah. So we did it last year, but this year it just was it was even more fun. Yeah. In the, what what were you told? Um, I have a red dot on my palm near my fate line which apparently means that I could make money off of some sort of psychic ability and I was like that's interesting she's like yeah when I found mine I got really into palm reading and it was really cool and you should do it and I was like I thought that is palm reading was always something this is your lifeline this is your fate line right here okay so there's your head your heart your fate and I think this one's your life oh not everyone has a fate line. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so I always thought palm reading was kind of interesting because, to me, it's just, like, 
makes more sense where things are. I don't know. Then as in like tarot cards, it's kind of harder to like, I can't memorize all of those cards. <laughs> yeah. No, I have actually been told that if I, well, if I work towards it, I could possibly use divination like a crystal ball or a mirror or water. Yeah. She told me that I should try doing or like looking into palm reading and I might try to do it just to see, just to see what I find out. Yeah. Even, even if just for the fact that like, I like the idea of things meaning something. Yeah. Like I like the idea of each one of these lines on my hand meaning something. Or I like the idea of like crystals having different meanings and having different purposes. Like I just, I like the idea and everything behind it. Yeah. So I just thought that was pretty cool. The Renaissance Festival was really fun. It was hot, like always. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really fun. Well, we've rambled a while now. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready? To jive? To jive on into it? Yes, Devin's doing it too. Devin, get her job back. Flip the coin. It's Jesse. It is me. So... Like the last story we recorded, I have not looked at this in like a month, so, but I did really quickly read through half of it. Okay. (laughs) So only half of it. So my story has a little bit of everything. A little of everything? A little bit of everything. You know how I like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Let's go. Let's roll with it. Yes. Well, this is a story of a girl. She cried a river and drowned the whole world. I was just going to (laughs) say... And when she looked so so sad in photographs, you absolutely loved her. But she's Samara. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Are you ready for my story yeah, now? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So this story is about a young woman named Maria who lived in a rural village in Mexico. Okay. She came from a poor family, but was known for her beauty. One day, a wealthy nobleman traveled through her village and stopped in his tracks when he saw Maria. Because she was so pretty. Because she was so pretty. They were immediately infatuated with one another. So he proposed to her and she immediately accepted. Right on the spot? Right on the spot. Like, they just met each other. I'm not quite sure on the timeline of the situation. (laughs) It seems very Disney cartoon if it was that way. Yes. Like Frozen, Anna, and Hans. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think they sang a song to each other too? About sandwiches? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Maria's family was so happy that she was marrying into money because they poor as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you be happy? Yeah, but unfortunately, the nobleman's father was disappointed in him for marrying someone who was poor. Well, of course. But they said, fuck you, and built a house in the village away from his disapproving father. <laughs> okay. Uh, Maria eventually gave birth to twin boys. And her husband was always traveling, and he stopped spending as much time with the family. When he would come home, he would only pay attention to the boys. Oh, man. Yep. Marriage is going downhill. You done fucked up. (laughs) Maria knew her husband was falling out of love with her, and one day he just left and never returned. Wow. Yeah. He's sort of a dick. Yeah. He gets even dicky. Dicky? Dickier. He does, um, he's like Hans from Frozen. Yeah. Did she find love again in a, a <laughs> poor ice vendor named Kristoff? No. Oh. I, it's a lot darker of an end of a story than that. All right, let's hear it. All right. Years later, Maria and her boys were walking by the river. She saw her husband with a younger woman. Oh, No, 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 no. (laughs) He traded in. Oh, no, 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 no. And this was like, bye, bitch. Did she, like, go over there with her sons and break them up, being like, you left me with these boys? Not quite. Did she kill them? Not quite. (laughs) All right, what happened? She was so angry that without thinking... She picked up her sons and threw them into the river. What the fuck? (laughs) How do you just get so angry you throw your kid into the river? I don't know. She has a lot of anger issues. Both of them? 
Yeah, both of them. She only after she saw their bodies floating in the river did she realize what she had done. Murdered her children and jumped into the river hoping to die with her sons. Oh no. So, if you don't understand, if people don't know what story I'm talking about by now, this is the legend of the La Llorona. So, there's a lot of different versions of this story. Okay. So, I'm not going to get into the hauntings quite yet. I'm just going to keep telling the story that leads to this point. Okay. So, there's three other versions. And so, I'm just going to tell you everyone that I found. Okay. So, in another version, she was the mistress of the guy because of her social status because she was poor. Right. She was able to live the wealthy life. He gave her a nice cottage, jewels and clothes, and her children. And could visit them, he would visit them whenever he wanted, but she did not get the affection she wanted. Okay. After a while, he stopped uh, visiting her and her children. When she finally gained the courage to walk to the main house and confront him, she was met on the doorstep by a, like a person, like a house, a butler. I'm going to call a butler. A butler? Yeah. Not like a house servant? I was going to say a houseworker, but that sounded wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And she was told that that was the day that he was getting married to someone of a similar social status. Oh, no. So, at this point, the story catches back up. She throws her sons into the river? Yep. She throws them into the river. And these are the two most common versions of the story. Okay. So I don't know, like, like, did she go home and just, like, rage throw her kids into the river? Like, was there a river nearby? I, I don't know. I'm very... Okay. This is a legend. Okay, I like the first one better. Okay. I like the first version. All right. The third version is a young woman who is set to marry the love of her life at a stone church in Mexico. There she was standing at the altar when the priest turned to her and requested... That she promised her firstborn son to the priesthood. What? Right? <laughs> How can you just be like, all right, you're getting married here and this is just such a happy occasion. Um. Oh, yeah, by the way, you have to give me your firstborn son to be a priest. Yeah. And so, like, she's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, and agrees to give her firstborn son to the priesthood. And, but soon... After she gave her uh, gave birth to her children, uh, she did not want to give them to the church. But she had to give both of them because no, they were twins? just the son, just the one that was born first, probably. Yeah, just uh, just the son, just the first one, uh, just the one that came out first. Yeah, the priest was waiting there with a <laughs> baseball mitt, like, all right, taking him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but she did hope that the priest would never notice that she had kids. Yep. She's just like, shh, don't look over here. <laughs> she dresses them in wigs. So they look like girls. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, one day, mysteriously, her house caught fire, swallowing it whole, burning the children to non-existence. Oh. Wow. Yep, we just took a... Sharp turn. turn. Sharp turn. She did suffer burns, dis- disfiguring her face, but still surviving. So she did try to rescue her kids. So she... She still, she still loved them. Yes. She didn't, she didn't murder them that time. In this story, she didn't murder her kids. This but story- a priest did, supposedly. Supposedly? Yeah. Okay, but in this Allegedly. murder, she doesn't, she doesn't murder her kids. So, like, this story might be better than the other one. All right. We'll see. I don't know. All right. We're on to the next story, though. Okay. Story four. We're just ending at the deaths of all the kids in these stories, and then we're going to move on from there. Okay. Because that's when they it all comes back together. <laughs> and then it's all the same? Yeah. Okay. So, this one also starts inside a church, but it is a set of twins to be ba- baptized. But apparently, they were so identical that the first baby girl was baptized twice without the priest ever realizing it. Oh, Over the years, both twin girls, I am saying girls, grew up, but the baptized girl found love and true happiness while the other was burned with constant anger and fury over her misfortune. She was unhappy in her marriage and gave birth to a son and a daughter who she did not love. Oh. 
In fact, she disliked her kids so much she drowned them in one of the irrigation areas. Oh, yep. So, that is pretty much all the versions. All the versions that I at least found. Okay. It is said that at the gates of heaven, she was challenged over the whereabouts of her children. And was not permitted to enter the afterlife until she found them. Forcing her to wander the earth for eternity, searching in vain for her drowned offspring. Some of them were drowned. So, some of them. So, some of them. Some were fire. Yep. And for some reason, I was going to make you guess this legend. <laughs> so, I was like, if you haven't figured it out by now, this is the legend of the La Llorona. <laughs> so, <laughs> done. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. I did check it and hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. It sounds right. Yeah. But what do I know? <laughs> Just uh So her spirit appears at night and like late evening by rivers and lakes. She is dressed in white with long dark hair. They're always dressed in white. Samara, like I said. Yeah. She is usually crouching alone next to the creek and sinks her hands into the cool water. And then she starts to cry. Oh, no. That's creepy. Yes. Like the witch in Left 4 Dead, if you hear her crying, get the fuck out. Okay. Yep. Why? Because first, it starts low and increases in volume and gets closer. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) And then she turns to look at you. Nope. She no longer appears human. Her face appears blank, with no features at all, no eyes, no nose, no mouth. That's creepy. Yeah. Alright. This is all the commentary you got. (laughs) I'm, like, trying to think, like, picture, and to me it's just like the, um, you've seen, like, the movies with that kind of face before in, like, horror movies. Yes. But also sometimes she appears differently. Her face isn't blank, but is distorted features that appear elongated, protruding like a horse or donkey. What? <laughs> okay, so she either appears one or the other, sort of. Yeah. Like, she either looks like just a rag doll face, nothing there, or she looks like a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Some believe those who hear the wails of the La Llorona are marked for death. Oh, no. The La Llorona is attracted to children thinking they are hers, and she will take them and try to drown them. Oh, so does she kill kids? Yes. Oh, no. Children are told to not walk alone around the river or or stay out too late. That's creepy. Yes. Uh, She is known to kidnap wandering children who resemble hers and asks them forgive for forgiveness and then kills them to take the place of her own That's in the so afterlife. Dark. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this is dark, dark. That's dark. Okay, I need to know more. She's been known to shout Miho, calling for her sons. And if you... Find her in the depths of the river. Because sometimes it literally looks like a body just floating in the river. Sometimes she's in the river. Sometimes not just she's... like on the banks of the river. Yes. Sometimes she's in the river, but it is told you don't rush to save her. Okay. Those who attempt to pull her from the water have drowned themselves. Oh, no. Yes. So, like, she just, like, floating like a body down the river. If you saw that, though, wouldn't you want to go, like, run out and be like, or call someone? Are you okay? Are you you drowning? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Are you a corpse? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then she starts crying. You're like, so you're not a corpse? You're still alive? Can you, like, swim to safety? Okay, I'm leaving. Bye. Bye. I've been told to not talk to you. Stranger danger. (laughs) Yes. So, people have drowned themselves. So, according to an anthropologist, the earliest reference of a weeping woman or the La Llorona dates back to the 16th century. Wow. Yes. Uh, Speaking of how far back this goes, this could be an alternate version of a Greek myth. Oh, okay. A tale 
that goes that Zeus had an affair with uh, the queen of Libya. Okay. But Hera, of course, (laughs) found out of his affair and turns Lamia into a demonic demigod who is forced to eat her own children. I know of this myth. Yes. After chomping down on her own children, she's forced to walk the earth and eat every child that she comes across. Ugh, child eater. Yep. Just um, just unhinge your jaw and go she's at it. She's forced to eat every child. Every single child she comes across. Yeah. That's terrible. Pretty much. <laughs> One of the oldest origins goes back to the Aztec times. Oh. In the story is the weeping ghost or the banshee. Okay. You, that's the more common, like, right. more Americanized version of the weeping ghost. Yeah, the banshees. Yeah. Who acts as a patron saint of the women who die in childbirth. So those all has to revolve around women and children and death. Yeah. So much death. It's a lot of death. At least that one's not eating their children. Yeah. What is a childbirth and then they eat their children? (laughs) I guess so. So, though the origin is different, the same rules apply. If you hear the crying of the banshee, you are marked for death or misfortune. And there is one more origin story. In Ireland or parts of Scotland, Irish legend speaks of a fairy woman who would sing when a family member was about to was dead or was about to die. The wailing of the banshee was the first warning the household had a death. Mm. Or if someone was about to enter a situation where they would likely perish, she would warn people by screaming or wailing. Some accounts even state that each family has its own banshee. That's interesting, right? And several banshees have appeared at once, and it is said that it indicates... The death of someone great or holy. Wow. Yep. So we're going to go back to the La Llorona now. Okay. Yep. Many have claimed to have photographed and videotaped the La Llorona. Did you look any up? Yes. Did they... Were they creepy? Yes. Okay, keep telling. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to talk literally about one. Okay. Right now. Tell me right now. Right now. Okay. Right now I need to know. All right. <laughs> In a security video in Mexico City, a strange ghostly figure in white is seen standing in the middle of an intersection. The video was captured at 2.20 in the morning on September 18th, 2016. Oh, that's recent. Yes. And in the video, the woman in white is seen standing in the intersection, a car approaching. Uh, The car passes right through the woman and not seeming to notice her at all. Uh... So, that is one video. You can look it up online. So, she was only picked up by the camera. Yes. She was not picked up by the person driving. Ooh, I want to watch it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, we'll watch it at the end. Okay. Uh, Some people have claimed to come face-to-face with her and survived. It was late one night when a teenage girl was on the phone with her boyfriend when she suddenly felt a chill. She said, all I know is I tried to turn around to see what was coming, where the cold was coming from, but she couldn't move. She was laying in bed on the phone, paralyzed, and then she saw her standing in the doorway, just staring at her, dressed in all white. Oh no! Sounds like like um, Samara. Yeah, but I was <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was thinking it sounds like um, like a bad horror movie, like The Babysitter, but not really necessarily. The oh babysitter. yeah, like, like just like twirling the cord. Boyfriend. Yeah. And then she looks over and there's just like a demon. (laughs) And then it's just like the wide mouth. And then eats her whole. Yep. Swallows her. Because she's a child. Oh, God. (laughs) When she asked how she knew it was the La Llorona, she responded, she just knew. Like, uh, feelings. I get it. You know? You just know. You you just just know. Like, why be so specific? I just fucking know. Yeah. And so, but let's make children creepier. Oh, we're making children creepier? Yep. Is it our sons? Are they the dead sons? No. Kids have been known to play a dark version of hide and seek. Oh, no. Where the seeker plays the La Llorona and calls 
after the others, where are my children? Like, in Spanish. Oh, no. As I air quote that. Uh, People who don't... She's been known to haunt people who don't treat their family well, and they are paid a visit by her. One man reported his experience one night after he got into an argument with his parents, and he and his brothers ran away from home that night. While they were out, they were visited by a tall woman... Uh, she was wearing black clothes and a black net over her face, so, like, slightly different than some of the other. A bit different. She's yeah. not wearing white. She's got a, She's like, just in all black. A netting over her face. This seems like she's more in mourning. Yeah. She was silent until, like, they approached her and she was completely silent. Until the boys headed back home. At which she... When they turned around and headed back home, she said, I will visit you again someday when you argue with your mother. Oh. Right? Oh, no. Creepy. All kids argue with their parents. Yes. So, now let's sprinkle in a little true crime. Okay. In 1986, after years of suffering from her husband, Marie refused to let her abuse with her husband go on any longer, so one morning... She brought her seven children down to the dark, murky waters of the Buffalo Bayou and saw no other option but taking the life of her children. She threw six of the seven children into the river. Two of her children did not make it. The rest were saved by rescuers who were called to the scene. Oh, geez. Uh, As can be expected, she protested her innocence by claiming that she had no choice because her husband was violently aggressive to her and her children. I think I've heard this story before. When asked why she had committed the heinous crime, she said it was to escape her husband because she was the La Llorona herself. That's interesting. Yes. And the court ruled that she'd only received 10 years of probation. 10 years of probation. Yes. That's not okay. Yes. So, that's pretty much the entire story of the, the legend of the La Verona. Mm-hmm. La Rona, as I slur that together. Pretty much, it's just like a creepy ghost woman that, like, haunts your life. It's really interesting, though, because she really is a take on, like, you don't often hear in, le- in le- legends, I mean, you hear of a lot of, like, women spirits, but this is one that, like, physically is there to harm children. Yeah. Which is something that a lot of people, like, I don't feel like I've heard of a lot of them to harm children, specifically women. Yeah. No, like, yeah, definitely. But it's, I think it's more or less, it was maybe the way that she was hurt, you know? Right. Kind of situation. Like, it's an, like, any situation where a mother murders her own children is awful. It is. And I guess... Speaking light of it at this current moment, it's not great, but it is a legend told in the South, like Mexico, like Texas area, um, that pretty much to scare children from staying out late. Right. So, because you're gonna, you're gonna die. I like all the different myths and like stories behind it. You're right. It does have like a little bit of everything. Yeah. There's... You know, a tie to Greek mythology. There's a tie to true crime. There's a tie to all these other stories behind her. And just, like, there's a lot of um, history, it seems like. Yes. Like, she's been in history a lot. I found the video for you. Oh, okay. Oh, here is CCTV footage. Oh, I see it. It gets, like, darker as the car goes to it. Yeah. It sort of looks like... The headlights are, like, lighting it up, in a sense. in this part, it literally, like, blinks into existence, like, right before the car hits it. Yeah. Like, can I... Yeah. So, that is one of, like, the claim sightings. Right. Of the La Llorona. All right. So, that is pretty much my story. Well, that was interesting. I didn't... I actually... I knew some, but not all. Like, I've heard of it, but not, like, in depth. Yeah. And so, like, it wasn't technically, like, if I were to just tell one version of the story, it technically probably would have been a mini-sode. Right. You know, but I thought that all versions were actually pretty interesting. And then, like, sprinkling, like, the different 
origins of well, it I, in general. I agree. I think that makes it really interesting. It's all things that were uh, I wanted to know about. Yeah. As you were telling them, I was like, oh, well, whoa, this is another thing. What's going on? Yeah, they're very, they, everything was very short bullet points, but yeah. it all eventually told an entire story. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, though. Yeah. Are you ready? Sure. I'm going to tell you about a sort of poltergeist. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. This is um, the story of the Smurl family. The Smurl family. Have you ever heard of this? I've never heard of it until I read it today. No, I haven't. So the Smurl family moved into a duplex in West Piston. Piston? I have no idea. Piston, sure. Yeah. Pennsylvania in 1973. They moved after a flood, like flooding ruined their previous home. Okay. So Jack and Janet moved with their two daughters into one side of the duplex. And then Jack's parents, um, John and Mary, moved into the other side of the duplex. Okay. So the house was kind of a fixer-upper, but they decided to take kind of the renovations on themselves. Yeah. Not so, not pay some HGTV. Yeah, no, you don't need do none it. of that. So in the first few months in 1974, strange occurrences would happen. Tools would go missing. Uh, water pipes would break. And they'd hear, like, unexplained banging that would occur at night. They would also see, like, their stains. Stains would appear through the paint. Ugh. And oh, no. the occurrence were pretty harmless, so they didn't really think much of them. Like, I've had paint before where... We painted a water-based paint over an acrylic paint, or not acrylic, an oil-based paint, and it, like, dripped off of our walls. That looked pretty creepy. Yeah, I think some of the, like, paint in my house is oil-based. Yeah. It sort of peels. But yeah, so that's, uh, it was, it was just kind of average, like, okay, home renovation things, like, their pipes are bursting, and, like, tools go missing. They didn't think much of it. Yeah. So what they didn't know is this was the start of something that would last. I saw various, various, various things on this. Okay. Some spanned from 10 years, some were 15. It was a, a range. I did. Um, of like tools missing and I'd probably think it was my mom that like took it somewhere. Well, that's not all that happened. Okay. So um, soon after the Meyerner occurrences, would start happening their kitchen appliances would catch on fire even if they weren't plugged in what the ghosts were trying to burn the house down so they'd just be sitting there you know nothing's plugged in and poof microwave on fire oh no so the family had them checked for faulty wiring but the results were all that everything was fine with the appliances how old was the house i'm not sure how old the house was it seems like it was a slightly older house just because of things I know later in this story. Okay. Uh, but they bought it in 1973. Okay. They lived there for, I think, a little over 10 years. Okay. So so the family then began to notice that there was a foul odor that wafted through the house. I had a foul odor wafting through my house yesterday. Yeah? And Brendan thought it was a gas leak and apparently... I had forgotten that I had poured Drano down the drain, and then we went out to dinner. <laughs> oh, oops. And it smelled like rotten eggs. Oh, that's gross. But I got the clog out. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Good job. Yep. So this smell would later be described as rotting flesh. Oh. By Ed Warren. You know Ed Warren? Yeah. He um, is present in this story. So I have a couple things in here sprinkled in about things that he commented on. Okay. All right. So he described the smell as rotting flesh. How does he know what rotting flesh smells like? I know like he has like some background in paranormal shit, you know, but like, did you like go to a morgue and burn some flesh? Maybe he did just for science. Okay. (laughs) Who knows? For science. What? Rotting meat. Rotting meat. Could be rotting. Just like a steak. Yeah. You leave a T-bone steak out for too long. <laughs> the Smurls continued on. Jack was promoted his job and doubled as their daughter's softball coach. Okay, he's busy. Yeah. Janet became pregnant and helped organize an anti-drunk driving group at the local high school. 
The girls did really well in their studies, and their life seemed happy. That was good. Even though... Even though there's some Even though their appliances are catching on fire. Yeah. Like, you don't have a GS7 yet. No, they're just, you know, our appliances are breaking, our pipes are bursting, but... But we're happy. It's fine. Jack got a promotion. Yeah, he can afford to fix all these things now. Yeah, he's got this. So, um, soon after, well, that soon changed, uh, Jack's mom, Mary, suffered a heart attack and the family started to struggle to pay their bills. And this, the unexplained happenstances in the house started to intensify. Okay. So she didn't die. She just had a heart attack. Okay. So they noticed strange voices and screaming that sounded as though someone was being disemboweled. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. First of all, Devin's first question when I told her that was, how do they know what someone being disemboweled sounds like? Did they hear the ripping of the flesh? Oh, no. So gross. The ripping and tearing. That's intense screaming, though. Like, that's yeah. not, like... That's, like, blood-curdling screams. Yes. Yeah. That's the definition of it. Yeah. So they would also hear perceived voices. Mary and Janet started hearing these, mostly. So they started hearing perceived voices that sounded like one another. Oh, no. So Janet thought she would hear her mother-in-law call her name. And Mary had thought that she heard Janet and Jack arguing using lots of explicit language. Okay. Also. So they're mimicking. Yeah, they're mimicking. Oh, that I don't like that. Also. that That's too far. Are you ready for how Demons, even further? Demons, that's too far. The neighbors would even admit to hearing blood-curdling screaming when no one was home. Did you call the cops? Apparently not. Um, no one's home and they're just hearing screaming coming from their neighbor's house. And we didn't call the cops. Sounding of disemboweling. So there is a murderer in their basement using their house as some Dexter shit. And they're not calling the cops? <laughs> they're not calling the cops as far as I know. Okay. Black masses started to form and float through the house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Janet claimed that she saw a black figure materialize in front of her in the kitchen. The same night, Mary had a similar sighting on her side of the duplex. Okay, yeah, I forgot this was in a duplex. Okay. Indian ancient burial ground. (laughs) So, um, Ed Warren, again, the demonologist, he also saw this, and he described it as appearing like a mucus-like, smoky-type substance that would whirl and materialize. A mucus? A smoky mucus? A smoky mucus. What the fuck is a smoky mucus? <laughs> I was, I picture so it, like, kind of inky like... and smoky. And okay, I, I, yeah, inky. Yeah. Inky with, like, some haze on the side. Maybe a little drippy looking. Ew. What if it leaves drips on my carpeting? Don't have carpeting. I have brand new area rugs. I don't need you leaving your inkiness on my area rugs. Make the demons paper dry cleaning. Can we leave that in? So Ed also had experienced these like inky figures, these black masses, spell out things to him on mirrors, um, like obscenities and threats to leave the house. Fuck you. It got worse. You're a bitch. (laughs) Everything got worse. Everything was already bad, but everything got worse. Okay. Janet was visited in the dead of night by a malevolent force. The force sexually assaulted her, causing her to wake up from her sleep. Jack heard in this, while this was happening, he heard someone whisper, seemingly a young woman. When he turned to face his wife, he watched as a shadowy figure ran up her leg. Like a mouse? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Well, because that's what it sounds like. A shadowy figure runs up her leg. It sounds like a little rodent just crawling its way up your leg. Is it like a, like a, like a sexy one? (laughs) Yeah, just walking your fingers up her leg. I don't don't think so. I think it's a little creepier. Okay. Well, that's still creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Janet was not the only victim of sexual assault. Oh. Jack reported one night while watching baseball on the living room TV, a succubus entered the room. What? (laughs) Yep. 
<laughs> it okay. had okay are yeah you, are you ready? describe it first okay. <laughs> it had the body of a young girl and the head of an old woman oh no oh no it's an old hag it's an old witchy hag <laughs> the succubus pinned him down and raped him oh no so he attempted to say the rosary and the succubus dragged him across the room uh-huh. During both instances of sexual assault, Jack and Janet both reported hearing loud pig grunting from behind the house. Ew! Ew! <laughs> ew! Pigs? Pig grunting. But just like, ew! Right? It's like, that's like, that's like sacrificing kind of. It really reminded me of like Amityville horror. Yeah story with like the pigs and stuff and that but like oh yeah excuse you theo <laughs> that was uh that would be terrifyingly creepy yeah are you, are you ready for more no all right time out let's do this <laughs> let's leave <laughs> We're leaving? Yep, we're leaving. We're just gonna go play Jackbox now. Because <laughs> you're not, we're we're not gonna, ready for more? It is my birthday. We're gonna go to a happier time. A happier time for not this story. Yes. There's too much sexual assault going on in this story for my birthday. Alright, we're, we're to pass the sexual assault now. Oh, oh, okay. Now we're moving on. To death and murder. Uh, things became more violent. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> not necessarily murder. But death? So, a light fixture fell from the ceiling, and- So, it, like a chandelier? Yeah. Well, it was- I don't know if it was a chandelier or not, but, like, it was a light fixture from the ceiling, and it fell right, nearly missing, just inches away from their daughter. Oh, okay. And it- the impact of it falling, shattering, ended up cutting up the daughter. Yeah, she's really close to that. I get right. that. Shrapnel. The family's dog- No. Was- No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. This is where we draw the line at dogs. Okay, but I want to tell it to you anyway so you understand. <sighs> Alright, just, just like, prepare, steal yourself. Can I go get Theo and, like, hug he him? Might not, he hug him after. Okay. The family's dog was thrown against the walls. Mm. Don't ghosties know that you don't hurt the fucking dog. Not poltergeist. No, they, demons, demons, listening? Are you listening, demons? <laughs> they listen to our podcast. Yes, demons listen to our podcast. Don't you fuck with the animals. I agree. <laughs> Janet was, uh, she'd be picked up by an invisible, invisible presence, dangled about six feet in the air before thrown across the room. She was, like, held up against the ceiling? Yeah, like, how like, high are these ceilings? She'd be, like, held up against the ceiling. Oh, okay. Just... Huck and Chuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> An invisible entity bit Jack in the face. What kind of teeth marks? It didn't say. It just said it bit him in the face. I didn't, like, research into it too much, but... Were the canines especially sharp? Maybe. They were vampires. Hellhounds? They were vampire demons. Demons? I don't know. Yeah, the demons definitely listen to our podcast, because we're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> their other daughter was thrown down a flight of stairs so around 1986 the surreals reached out to famous demonologists ed and lorraine warren so that they were brought in okay the warrens kind of concluded that the smurls shared a house with four spirits a harmless elderly woman a Who young the succubus a young violent girl so my first thought process on that was like, the did succubus, they did they just like combine souls? <laughs> <laughs> they became one. A man who suffered and died in the home was another one of the spirits. Okay. And the demon that used the three spirits to destroy the family. Oh. So that those were who's living in their home. Oh, okay. Just the demon. Just it's a, all the demon's fault. It is. It is. According to Ed Warren, the demon that inhabited the house was Is very powerful. Is the dog powerful. okay? I'm still really stuck on that right now. Um, I didn't hear anything else about the dog after this. Okay. So let's just assume he was fine. Okay. He pieced out of there, later dazed, got a new family, got, okay. lived a great life. Lived its best dog life. Best dog life. Okay. He's like, I'm not messing with no demons. Okay. 
The demon that was in the house was really powerful. It would shake mirrors and furniture when they tried to persuade it to leave by playing religious music and praying. Sounds about right. Sounds about demon-like. So, these some of these are mostly specifically Ed Warren. They didn't say anything about Lorraine Warren, but... So I'm just going to use the word last name Warren to describe Ed now. Okay. Warren claimed feeling temperature drops and saw dark masses form in the house. Warren also had a number of audio tapes containing knocks and rappings um, caused by a demon. Nope. The reason the house was so haunted, according to Warren, the Warrens, was because there was a strong spiritual energy caused by a passageway that connected the world of the living and the dead. Oh, a portal. Yeah, the house was a portal. Okay. The Warrens tried to help the family fight off the spirits. They would, like, conduct prayer groups and exorcisms. But eventually, uh, this family's story became public. Mm Mm-hmm. So newspapers started reporting on the torture of the Smurl family. People would camp out on their lawn. Reporters were taking pictures, like, constantly of their house. Bro, come on. Yeah. A little privacy. Yeah, exactly. Cars were constantly cruising by in hopes to catch a glimpse of something otherworldly. Me. And the Smurls... That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) The Smurls found themselves kind of in a, a part of a media circus. Yeah. Multiple priests would come to visit the house to kind of see if they could help the situation. The priests would report no harmful activity while they were on the property. Oh, they're just a little scared of scared of some priest demon. Little, little different. Okay, so one priest moved in moved into the house. It said moved into the house. He stayed for two days. Oh. So, so he, he brought his backpack and he stayed for two days and nothing happened in those two days because he's a priest and a demon like, nah. Exactly. All right. Because he moved in the house and in an attempt to see some sort of activity for himself, but after two days, he didn't see anything. So he left. <laughs> two days. This has been going on for these people for like years. So he comes in with his backpack and like his, his backpack and his Bible. His backpack, his Bible, he lays out his camp mat and sleeps in their living room. He goes, no, I didn't hear none. You must be crazy. He He goes, peaced out. Yep. Bye, bitch. Pretty much. (laughs) Yep. Um, Eventually, why did he only leave after two days? See, that's what I was like. He must have just not believed them in the first place. He's like, I stayed two days. Gotta go. Like, nothing was going on. He either believed that. Like, he didn't believe them in the first place, or he did hear some shit and did not want to deal with it. That's true, too. Then he was like, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything at all, but I don't seem to be leaving in such a hurry. I just got shit to do across town today, and, like, I'm never coming back. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) That's another another thought, too. Maybe he was scared. Yeah. In 1987, the Smurls became exhausted with the media coverage and moved out of the house. Yeah, so the house laid vacant? Sort of, yeah, sort of. So after that, like, there's not a whole lot of reports that I saw just in my brief, like, research of it. I'm sure there is more and I could look it up, but um, the supernatural activity actually seemed to follow them to their new home. Oh. This all happened until 1989 when a church-sanctioned exorcism reportedly cleaned the house and okay. cleared it of any activity. Okay, but who who was it attached to? Did did we find out who it was attached to? I didn't see specifically, but it seemed like it mostly targeted Janet. I mean, there was attacks on everyone. Jack too and everyone, but it mostly seemed attached to Janet to me. There, I just saw more issues, instances of her being a target. Okay. In nineteen or sorry, in eighteen ninety six, Robert Curran wrote a book entitled "The Haunted," uh, "The Haunted," and it told the Smurls' story. Many thought it was poorly written and one sided. <laughs> All right. Um. Since then, the Smurls have been the subject of scrutiny. Many, uh, many claim that they made up the story for fame. Well, fuck you. In 1991, a two-hour made-for-TV movie named The Haunted was related by 20th Century Fox. 
The movie was written by Curran, Robert Curran, who just wrote the book. Who the, wrote it poorly. The Warrens. Of course. And the Smurls. Oh, so they all wrote it together. Yeah. To tell their story, get it out there. The Haunted? Called The Haunted. It's Have a, I seen it? I don't know. It's a 1991 made-for-TV movie. Made-for-TV. Yeah. Let's look it up. We should look it up. All right. Um, I didn't go in too much deeper because after that, like, I couldn't find any more real reports of any of the haunting or poltergeist activity or anything. Um, it kind of just went into everyone scrutinizing them and reasons why they thought it was fake. Do you remember some of the reasons? I rem- I know, like, part of it was because, like, the, the priest would come and, like, claim they didn't see there was nothing there yeah well because demons and priests don't get along so demon like "Ah, i can take a couple days off i can use a vacation get out of here priest i read one i had one really good article that i was reading off of some of it was with the book that came out a lot of people thought it was very one-sided there was an irrational explanation behind the claims and the subsequent owners of the house had nothing happen to them so there was no activity after they left yeah, but they also claim it followed them. Right. And that wasn't... Well, was the following documented by, like, the Warrens, at least, maybe? I mean, the Warrens were part of, like, the issue. They were there. They wrote... They contributed the movie. I think that was part of it, because there was still, like, exorcisms going on to get rid of the spirits. Yeah. But some people still, like, thought it was mostly fiction. Yeah. There was one more article right here that I read. But it said, um, some of the voices that the Smurls heard took the voices of their deceased loved ones. Oh, that's sad. Maybe it was their, their deceased loved ones, but they were being used for evil. Maybe. So it seems like Ed Warren did was experiencing some of the things, too, like, when he was in their house. Yeah. There's so many more things that we could have gone into. But yeah, here's like they were followed everywhere they went. They couldn't shake the ghosts. Priests. So the priest sanction that I told you about for the sanctioned by a Roman Catholic church. Okay. Yeah. So if it's sanctioned by a Roman Catholic church, that's a lot. Right. Kind of paperwork. They started realizing that people die from exorcisms and They need, like, specific permission from very high up in the Catholic Church. Right, right. Well, this is even saying here is um, they were having, like, a hard time banishing the the spirit, the demons. Janet claims that the demons were able to avoid the Catholic banishment by moving back and forth between the two sides of the duplex. Because technically they're two different houses. Mm. I don't know. For me, for it to be... Like a Catholic-sanctioned yeah. exorcism. No, exactly. If it's a Catholic-sanctioned exorcism, it's real. Yeah. And the church believes it's real. Which is pretty fucking creepy. Yeah. But that's um that's part of the Smurl family haunting, kind of the gist of it. There's a lot more you can go on and look and get more deep into it, but yeah, I can't read that much on the podcast. We'd be here all night. We would. Are we uh, closing out? I guess we are. I guess that's it for us this week. Oh, happy birthday, Jesse. Hope you enjoyed the story I told you. Yeah, it was awful. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Oh, girl. Yeah, I know, you right? You uh, You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. Spotify. Please email us your personal stories at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. We've gotten a few. We're going to read them. We're going to get there. We, we just need a little bit more. We just we, we want we, more. We have an idea of what to do with them. Yeah. We're very excited. We do need more equipment to do it. We're working on it, though. We're working on getting it to you. Yeah. Devin doesn't know any of this yet. She's like, what's going on? And it would help for having Devin have a microphone, even though she doesn't want to actually talk on the podcast. Oh, my God. Though Devin's comments are the fucking funniest. I hope we get to leave them in. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast and Twitter at the MFCast. We have Facebook. We're on Facebook. I barely post to it, but if you like, like it and follow it, maybe I'll start posting to it a little bit more. Uh, but you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marble Forest Podcast. 
And we'd like to give a special thanks to Jenna, who did our amazing logo and banner. Uh, you can find her on Etsy and Instagram at Agenda. That is Agenda, you know? <laughs> I could. <laughs> and I'd like to give a special thanks to my cousin Cameron, who did our music. Um, I also, we always thank Devin. Yeah, of course she we thank Devin. She comes and sits and listens with us and, you know, looks things up for us on Google while <laughs> that we haven't searched. Yep, it's fine. And thank you guys all for listening. Uh, it really means a lot to us and we're really excited. Yeah, please tell all of your friends. Please, please, please rate on iTunes. iTunes. iTunes, yes. Rate on iTunes. We don't have enough ratings yet. To have a rating on iTunes. So, please, rate on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. Don't tempt fate. Don't tempt fate. Uh, tell the demons to not fuck with your dog. Yeah. Don't fuck with us, demons. Demons? Alright, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.